Hi, I'm Christina. And I'm Stephanie, and welcome to the Confidence Creators Podcast. We are real women with real stories that will uplift and inspire you. Each week, you will learn to build and gain trust in yourself. Together, we will explore what confidence means to you, where to find it, and have fun doing it. It's time to take back your confidence. This is episode 11. It's about to get real. Today we are going to share our pregnancy stories. We want to share these stories because they affected our confidence in both positive and negative ways. Yes, it's about to get real. (laughs) We've promised this coming for a while and we're ready to share a little bit more intimate um, stories with you guys because we believe that it's important for you to get to know that even though we've given you tangible skills to build confidence, it doesn't always happen so easily. Mm -hmm. And we struggled to get to the confidence that we have now, and we struggle sometimes still. Yes. So. And and I've said this before, working on your confidence is an everyday occurrence. You can't just expect it to happen and you are, have forever this confidence in every area of your life. And you may think you have confidence in one area and you're faced with a new challenge and that definitely takes you back a few steps. But you know what? It's just about learning how to get back to where you are and having good support to help you get there. Yeah, but before we go further, we'd like to always, as always, share what we are grateful for. And for myself today, this is episode 11 with episode 10, we reached 1,000 listeners, 1,000 plays. So that means we've been listened to a 1,000 times. Yes. And I am super grateful for that. I'm grateful for those of you who are listening, who have subscribed, who have left us reviews and comments. And we say it every episode that we're so thankful for everybody who gives us feedback or reaches out to us on a personal level. But for those of you that are listening and maybe haven't re- left us a review or rated us, we're still grateful that you're listening to us. We mm-hmm. understand that this is very early for us and we're still a small fish in a big pond of, of podcasts, but you chose to listen to us. Yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Yes, truly appreciate it. And I am grateful for my social media support that I receive every day that I post on my social media on both Facebook and Instagram. I try to share very personal things that I am actually dealing with because I don't want anybody to ever feel like they're alone in a situation. And it doesn't mean that you may have gone through the same situation I have, but if I can share something that can help somebody else, I want to continue to do that. And I have gotten nothing but support through this online community um social media can be scary sometimes i mean when you post something you know social media also is sometimes looked at as a way for you to kind of hide who you are and post fake i guess you can say information or just have this facade of your life that isn't true right and i kind of want to break that and show the real life of me in what I go through and the challenges I have and the emotions that I carry with me because I just I don't 
I'm not one to pretend to be something that I'm not. It's very hard for me to show my feelings, um, especially if I'm feeling a certain way. And I always tell this to my husband, I will never make you guess about what how I'm feeling. I will always tell you regardless if you want to hear it or not. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and that's both, you know, in all any emotion that I'm feeling. So I'm super grateful for just the support that I continue to receive, not just from my own personal page, but for, you know, our confidence creators page as well. Yeah. It's just it's an amazing experience that we've been able to have yeah and you know the accolades are always great right the the congratulations the loves the likes you know all of the thumbs up that we get you know the comments it's all great you know a lot of times when I'm sharing something I'm sharing it because I'm hoping to you know inspire somebody Mm -hmm. and like you said we try to show the real us no matter what right we're not perfect and I mean, I think you could see how unperfect I am if you followed me on Snapchat, (laughs) because that's where I get a little silly, you know, but anyway, we'll leave that for another day. (laughs) Yes. So we're going to get started with this, and we want to just say, like, we're going to share some very personal things, and our own personal stories are not meant to make anybody else feel bad about the situation they're in. Everybody is going through a journey, and... Pregnancy stories are a very touchy subject for some people, um, and we do not want to make anybody feel bad for the situation that they're in at all. Please understand that before we even start start to share these stories with you. Right, um, because because we are both like super grateful to have been able to go on the journey that we did, even though they were very you know. Some in some cases a struggle, in some case it was you know a little bit of a kind of just a letdown in a sense, but you know we'll get into that. But we do never want to take away for the fact that you know we were able to walk through that and and able to experience that, and we're so grateful, you know, for that blessing to be able to do that. And um, if you feel like this isn't the right time for you to listen to this story then we completely understand. We understand if you just want to bypass this episode um, because I know my journey and having hear somebody else's during the point that where I was in was very difficult, and I'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay. So for me, um, I was very young, and I was unmarried, and I was actually, you know, nobody knew that I had a boyfriend or anything. In my culture and in my background, that was not okay. And if you got pregnant, you got married. You know, you, like, that's what would happen. And, um, again, I went against the grain, I, I guess, if you will. I was the youngest of eight. I always kind of did things my own way. My parents worked a lot. Yes, I had their support, but, you know, I I was kind of more of the free bird of the family. You know, I was the baby. I did get babied a lot. I got spoiled. Um, I was definitely daddy's girl. Um, My dad, in in our family history, he did, you know, change a lot once I came around, and he was a little bit more involved, you know, with me as far as, you know, 
carrying me, letting me snuggle with him. It was just a whole different dynamic for me and him than it was for my other sisters and my brothers. But that because of that, and when I came with the news that I was pregnant and I wasn't getting married, I was 20 years old, you know, I wasn't in high school and I wasn't necessarily a quote unquote teen mom, if you will, but it was still very young and it was still something that was very hard for my family to handle. And my dad actually did not speak to me the whole time I was pregnant. And that really, really crushed me, you know, and I lost, you know, like so much confidence in, in, in who I thought I was going to be and, and what I thought I was going to do with my life. You know, of course, having my daughter, I never have any regrets never have any regrets for having her and having chosen the path that I that I took in being her mom and taking the responsibility of you know raising her and you know go so on and so forth but having that disconnect with my dad like where he totally gave me the silent treatment really really broke me down and you know I don't think I've ever shared that with him and it's okay because I don't really feel like I want to share that with him or crush him in any way because trust me, we have, you know, reconciled that and, and we, we've gone past that and now my, my dad is, you know, my daddy and, you know, I'll always, you know, respect and admire yeah. him and, you know, and he, me, like, he always talks about how proud he is of his children and, and me being one of them. Like, thankfully, uh, you know, thank God, for his grace and his mercy that my dad did not stay mad at me because once he met my daughter, it was like everything changed. <laughs> but, you know, when I talk about how it affected my confidence is that I used to have a very strong confidence within myself about relationships and about mm-hmm. boyfriends. I didn't really feel the need, even though I had boyfriends in high school and I had, you know, one pretty serious one for a little while, but... I never felt like I needed to have a boyfriend. And when we would break up, I'd be okay. I'd be like, all right, you know, see ya. Mm -hmm. And a girlfriend of mine that I grew up with would say like, gosh, Christina, you don't get sad. You don't get depressed. I'm like, yeah, it sucks a little, but, you know, I'll get another boyfriend. Like, you know, (laughs) I didn't feel like totally horrible about it. But I will say that it did change me. When, when, my, when being pregnant and, and losing the confidence in, in the strongest male relationship that I knew at that point in my mm-hmm. life, it did change me a lot. You know, I became you know, very lonely. Um, my friends were at a different place too. You know, there was so much. Being that young and pregnant, there's so much, you know, that I could have been doing and I didn't. You know, I chose what I chose you know, I had a couple of people come into my life that were, you know, pretty great to me, but it still didn't make up for the fact that the strongest relationship that I had with m- the most important male figure in my life at that point was affected. Mm-hmm. So going forward, it did cause me to change how I handled relationships. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, I had no confidence. I had low self-esteem and, you know, I, I kind of just became this needy person that I never knew mm-hmm. I was very dependent and even though you know I always worked for my daughter and did everything I could there when she came into 
you know, the picture when she was born, I still, you know, lost a lot of confidence during that time. And it took me a while. And <clears throat> thankfully, you know, we go through a healing process and I've grown through that. I mean, gosh, that was 23 years ago, <laughs> you know, and that I was pregnant and, and looking back and, and sharing that about me and, and sharing that about my dad and, and how it affected me is really hard still, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes I still question how, you know, I could be in relationships and, and, you know, it's a struggle, you know, all the time to like, keep your confidence like yeah. like Stephanie like you said but you know it's something that I look back on and I didn't realize until I started doing this you know and sharing more of myself that how much it had really affected me mm-hmm. you know and I think back at relationships like that but but yeah it was it was something that you know where pregnancy you know it's an amazing thing and I was really blessed to have gone through that and really blessed with the daughter that I have for sure. She's the sweetest. She's something else. She's so sweet. I love her. <laughs> She's, you know, a college kid, so <laughs> um, we struggle sometimes. <laughs> no, she's great. But yeah, like I never realized that pregnancy can affect your confidence. And I think that every person, every woman is different, no matter mm-hmm. the age that you've gone through your pregnancy. I think that at least at one point, we kind of question ourselves, like, you know, can I do this? Am I supposed to do this? You know, it's kind of messing everything up, you know, or, you know, it's just so many different stories. I actually, the process of being pregnant, I totally loved. I, I loved, you know, carrying a baby inside of me and everything that was that it entailed. But, yeah, I mean... During been, your pregnancy, where did you feel like you were able to find confidence um, I think it, it, it happened like when she was almost coming and I kind of felt like, okay, you know, it's sink or swim kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I really had to depend on my own abilities and, and be able to kind of just get out of that. But I mean, as far as my confidence, when it comes to relationships, that took me a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Um, that took me a lot longer, but to be able to be confident in that I had, you know, made the right choice and I had, you know, a baby to take care of now, like that started happening even before she was born where, you know, I had, I had developed another relationship, um, while I was pregnant and, and I had to tell that, like, let that person go also because I knew, you know, I couldn't be dependent on him and I had to just kind of like, you know, okay, Christina, you've got this, you know, I did have other family support, don't get me wrong, and that meant the world to me, but I knew that I was going to have to hustle and get, you know, Mm -hmm. get myself to work almost right away, which I did, and, you know, I never really stopped working since then, so it it took me a little bit, but I mean, I was, I was confident that I could be a good mom, I really was, I really knew that I was meant to be her mother, and, you know, I had so many other role models before me, my mm-hmm. sisters and my mom herself and my grandma and you know, I was taken care of by really good women, so I always knew that I could do a good job as yeah. being a mom. So thankfully I didn't struggle with that part of the confidence in me. Like I said, I think it was like a whole other like issue mm-hmm. that I had to like overcome. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So it was like I never knew that 
how much that was going to affect me. Mm-hmm. And I understood, I guess, like, looking back, it's hard for a parent. Like, you know, it would be hard for me probably if I had to go through that as a parent. But, you know, I'm still, like I said, super grateful that my dad, you know, realized that we still needed him. Yeah. And he still came around. And it was, you know, it was good to to have that. And we never lost his support after that. But he was just a little stubborn for a little while. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, you can overcome. Like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a struggle and it's going to be always something to deal with, but you keep moving forward. Yeah. I think, like you said, it was at a point when you were going to already have her and you knew at that point that regardless of your relationships that were surrounding you, positive or negative, that you had to step up as a mom. And I think in those moments, as women becoming mothers, like we take on a whole new shield, like, yeah. and we're like, okay, like we can do this. Like, it's, yeah. I can definitely see how that shift happens for sure. Yeah, for sure. But yep, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, like you said, it's still, it's still stuck with you. And it's still something that you, I think you, you know, you've talked about how like, man, you didn't realize the effect that it's had on you. Mm-hmm. Even now, you know, 23 years later and how you process it now differently and yeah. understand it differently. That's for sure. That's for sure. Because, I mean, you, you kind of grow from that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe it did make me stronger before I knew I was going to be stronger. And like you said, you know, as moms, we start to prepare ourselves, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't always go that way, but, you know, sometimes we do find that Mm -hmm. strength within us and we're like, all right, we got this and we got to do it. (laughs) Yes, yes, for sure. All right, so I will talk about my story now. And um, only a few people know the depth of our pregnancy journey, just because it's um, it was hard. It was really hard for me, and it was hard on my marriage. It was a testing time for sure in so many areas of my life. Um, we got married in November two thousand and fourteen, and we weren't trying for for a baby right away. But we were not preventing right. from having one either. So can I ask you real quick? Yeah. Interject. How old were y'all? I was. That was so we've been we're going married on five years this year, and so I was twenty nine. Twenty nine when we got married. Yeah. Okay. And Julian's a year younger than I am, so he was 28. Yeah, so totally different, like, mm-hmm. time of our lives. That, yes. You know, our stories are yeah, so much different. different. Age difference, yeah. yeah. For sure. And, you know, I was the type of person who I'm very goal-oriented. I would set a goal, and I've reached it. Like, And that goes through, like, being able to graduate from high school being able to go to college and support myself through college, graduating from college with my bachelor's degree, graduating from college with my master's degree, getting a car that I've always wanted, 
you know, having a, getting married, having a house, like mm-hmm. I did everything. I got everything and that I worked, worked hard for. Yeah. for the things that I set my, my, my mind to and a goal for pregnancy. You can't control. And I had to learn that a very hard way. It something that, you know what, we were ready to start trying after about a year and we were trying and trying and trying and nothing. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, why is this happening? Like, why is this so hard for me, like, to mm-hmm. get pregnant? Like, I just, I'm doing everything right. And at this point, prior to us really trying, I was, I was about 25 pounds overweight. And my doctor had told me, you know, you, she's like, I'm my gynecologist, um, told me, I'm telling you now that it's probably best for you to really start taking care of your health before you get pregnant because once you get pregnant, like you have, if you're not healthy, you're going to add on all these extra things to your body that, you know, you just don't want to be in a position where you're sick or you can't carry a baby or, you know, you are having to be like on special medication or whatever the case may be, or you just gain over, you know, over too much weight Mm -hmm. than what you're supposed to. And so I was like, okay. And at that point I was like, okay, I need to focus on taking care of my health because I never wanted to be the reason why we couldn't get pregnant. I didn't want to come down. I didn't want it to come down to, well, you never lost the, that weight. So that's why you, you're not getting pregnant right. or you're not healthy. So that's why you're not getting pregnant. I Gosh. never wanted it to be something that I did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did everything right to lead up to the point for us to continue to try and try and try and, and nothing. And so my doctor was like, okay, and at this point, like, it was already straining, like, me and Julian's relationship because it's like, okay, well, what's wrong? Like, like, why isn't this happening for us? Like, I started questioning my faith with God. Like, it put a strain on our relationship. And with stress in all of those areas, it does not help the situation <laughs> no, at all. No, not at all. So our doctor recommended we go to a fertility doctor and I was like, okay, so we went to a fertility doctor. They did so many tests on me, blood work, genetic testing. They counted my eggs. They did all these things, and all of that was fine. Everything looked great. And so then they did this specific test where they run dye through your tubes, and it's very uncomfortable test. Oh, like sounds very evasive. And it's... Um, it just it's a little bit painful Mm -hmm. so I went and I mean at this point I was like I'm gonna do whatever I need to do like it was starting to become an expense out of pocket because when you start going to a fertility doctor a lot of the time some of those things aren't covered by insurance yeah yeah. it's to be very expensive yeah so they ran this test where they shoot dye through your fallopian tubes to see if they get if it's clear like and that because of course you know the sperm goes up the tubes to get to the eggs and so that's how you get pregnant right mm-hmm. and so they ran it and I remember laying there and the guy was like okay like I was like well can you tell me the results he's like I can't tell you but I just felt in my heart like something's wrong 
it was a terrible feeling and they didn't allow julian to be in the room with me during this time like for that test so he was outside the room and i was like dang it and so we had to wait to talk to the um fertility doctor at this point to get the results so like a week passed that we went back to see the fertility doctor and she was like well we did the dye test you know with the tubes and one of them you know shot through fine like because it shows like the picture like you can see like where the dye shoots out so Mm -hmm. it's like supposed to like spray out into your your ovaries and once I did and once I didn't wow and so she says so you know they kind of take a guess on what could be going on and they don't know for sure because there's there's unless they actually physically go into my body and do Mm -hmm. it check right so they said that I had some, um, I can never remember what the diagnosis is, but it's like hydrosphinx or something like in that nature. So what that means is that one of my tubes was blocked completely. And so the, and I, you know, I start questioning things like, okay, well, why is that happening? Like, what is it? And so growing up, my cycles were always very painful. Mm-hmm so painful like I'd be at school and I'd pass out because I was in so much pain or I'd be throwing up or and I couldn't go to school like they would find me in the bathroom like passed out at school because I was in tremendous amount of pain and so the you know when I had shared all of this my history with the doctor and I mean this had been going on my whole life having very painful cycles the doctor said you know it that uh, when they um they were she was saying you know it's probably some maybe possibly scarring maybe some of the muscle tissue around the tubes is inflamed and it was possibly from the cramping that I was I've had endured that whole time and which was pinching the tube shut wow she's like we can't really tell like what it is so we're going to go in and do surgery we're going to go in and see what what it is you know what we can do so and now mind you at this point I'm 20 29 years old I've never had surgery in my life I have never had to go into the doctor for anything severe like never broke a bone like never had to be admitted to the hospital for any reason so it's a little scary for me at this point Mm -hmm. I'm like okay like let's do it so we go prepare for this surgery I get there the doctor's talking to me and Julian, and she's like, well, you know, if, if one of the tubes is bad, like, we're going to have to close it off um, because that's what's preventing you from getting pregnant. You know, if the other tube is bad, like, we may close that off. And at that point, like, I'm not, like, completely 100%, like, focused on this because I'm really scared at this point. Wow. But Julian, he was, I mean, thankfully, he was there and listening, and he was like, no, like, do not close off both tubes like if one is severely bad we understand but do not close off the other one and she was like okay so we had to like sign off on it i go into surgery and i'm like a procedure that should only last like three hours like ended up being six hours because they did something wrong julian's freaking out and this is all after after the procedure right and so um we get we get through this this surgery and we the doctor 
you know, the next, I think like a week later or something, she would go back into the office and she explains that one of my tubes was very inflamed and she had to completely um, close it off. Mm-hmm. And they, it's a, it's called a tubal ligation. Right, right. So like when people get their tubes, tubes tied, tied yeah. is what, you know, so one of my tubes, they had to completely close off because that was causing me not to get pregnant. And she said that the other tube had some severe scarring in it, but that they were able to clear it out the best they could. Mm-hmm. And she said, the doctor told us, I'm going to give you three months to try and see what happens. And if nothing happens, we'll talk about other measures. And I was like, okay. Did you feel like you lost like confidence in being able to do it, or I didn't like, feel did like it... I lost confidence because I feel like I had more answers. Okay. So I felt a little bit more confident at this point because it like I was like, okay, well it makes sense now. Like right. This is there's tangible like evidence like facts that are proving why I'm not pregnant. Like it's not me. Like you know it's it's my yes it's me in a sense but it wasn't anything that I that could control. Or, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is going to fix it. Like, this was what we needed. And everything, Julian got checked out. He was fine. Everything was great with him. So, I tried three months. Nothing happened. This was right around Christmas time. And so, she called us in. Actually, in the beginning of December, she called us in. And she's like, well, nothing's happened. You know, we really, if uh, I know you are really wanting to push forward with the baby, like, let's talk about the next option. I was like, okay. So in some cases, there's other options where if you have like a low A count and things like that, Mm -hmm. like it's not... Hormone therapy. Right. And so my A count was fine. That wasn't the problem. So the next option was to do what's called IUI, which they, instead of going through the tubes, they get the sperm and they physically inject it directly into the ovary where the egg is, and it bypasses the tube. Wow. Now, at this point, it's very expensive. It's, like, over, like, $1,500, and that's out of pocket. Mm -hmm. And so we thankfully had money saved up, and so me and Julian talked about it. We had to make a quick decision because it was, like, the beginning of December, and you have to go when your cycle starts because you have to start taking medication and you have the next day you have to like do the actual procedure sort of say. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, like I'm on board with it. Julian and I, we we both kind of talked about it. It, He seemed um, on board with it. So the day that I started, I called the doctor and I'm like, okay, like my cycle came, like she's like, okay, you need to go and pick up this prescription today. Like tomorrow you're coming to the clinic and we're going to do it. And I was, she's like, okay. I was like, well, I need to talk to my husband. I just want to confirm. So I'm calling Julian, calling Julian, calling Julian. And he's not answering the phone. Oh and I'm gosh. like, oh you're my like racing gosh. the clock right now. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I call the doctor back and I'm just like, okay, yes. Like, let's just do it. Like, He's, you know, I'm, we've, I'm thinking in my mind, we've talked about this, we've made a decision. And so finally, after like all of that is like, okay, we're done, set the appointment, called in my prescription, blah, blah, blah. Julian calls me on the way home. And I was like, okay, like I'm explaining everything to him. And he's like, no, like, I don't want to do this. He like was like, no, I don't want this. I don't want to do this. Like 
it feels too rushed, like it doesn't feel right, like I don't want to, like, I'm, and at that point, like, I'm not going to make a decision unless we're a team on it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, like, heartbroken at this point because I'm, like, this is our Feeling chance. like this is your only chance. Yes. And at that point, I think my confidence just completely diminished like my confidence in our marriage more mm-hmm. than anything because I thought we were on the same page. Like I thought this was something we decided on. And so I remember just, I was so angry with him. I was so angry and we fought for days after that days, like every day we fought and I cried every day cause I thought he wanted it too, you know, and he, it just felt like he did it. I'm so sorry for crying because no. it's super emotional. And so. So your confidence in, in, in the teamwork that y'all had built, like how confident you felt like where, you know, you can count on him all the time and you had always been on the same page, you know, that totally like you lost it and you thought like you probably weren't, you know, at the time feeling like you could recover from that right and I really like I think there was a point in one of our fights where I was like if you don't want to because at this point he was like I don't we shouldn't have to have we shouldn't have to try this hard right if it's meant to be and I was like well if you don't want if you're saying you don't want a baby then I don't want to be with you mm-hmm. like I, I want a baby, like, and I'm willing to do what it takes. And I think at that point, I was so consumed mm-hmm. in a place that I didn't see anything else like yeah. this. Like that. And so this was around, this I mean, was a little, it was like maybe past Christmas. We were, we like got into Christmas and I remember on New Year's Eve, we went to our best friend's house and I remember telling her my best friend I was like I'm gonna leave Julian like he doesn't mm-hmm. want this like mm-hmm. he doesn't want a baby with me like he because doesn't... Were, you were used to like putting in all the work you yes. know and getting you know what you wanted when you worked for it and mm-hmm. y'all had worked you know all of, through it all yes you know through the doctor's appointments mm-hmm. through you know the diagnosis through the procedures and you were ready to take the mm-hmm. next step to get to your ultimate goal yes yeah and so I remember telling my best friend that and she's like, no, like, just, she's like, just wait, like, just keep trying, like, you can't make such a rash decision mm-hmm. in your emotional state that you're in. Right. And I, and I got it, like, I understood at that point, like, okay, I, like, I went to church, like, I started praying and I was like, okay, maybe it's not meant Maybe I'm not meant to have a baby. Like, and I need to be able to accept that because I'm not, I don't want to lose my husband. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to lose everything that I worked hard for and feel so grateful and blessed for that I was one, I was able to accept and gotten okay with the fact that maybe this just wasn't meant for us. Mm-hmm. And there's this reason why and I may not know the reason now, but I have to trust it. Mm-hmm. So this is like going into this in January. We went to a conference and like 
when I start my cycles, like I was able to count it to the day yeah. of starting mm-hmm. without a doubt. And so I went to this conference. We went to this conference in Florida and um, Julian actually noticed. He's like, hey, you haven't started. And because at this point, like he knew Oh, when yeah, I was supposed to start keeping track yeah. pretty closely, I'm sure. And I was like, it's probably because I'm stressed. I was training for a full marathon at this time. And I was like, I was like the, that I was supposed to start on a Thursday, like that weekend before I ran 20 miles, like the weekend when we were in Florida, I ran 16 miles. Like I was like, maybe it's just my body getting used to like all this running. I've been stressed. Like. It's nothing. I'm like, I'm, I don't think it's anything. Like, I'm just late a few days. Like, it's fine. So that was Thursday. Friday passed. Saturday passed. I ran 16 miles. Still nothing. Sunday, we were coming home, flying back home. And um, uh, he was like, I think you should check. Like, just be on the safe side. And I'm like, fine. We'll check, like, when we get home. Right? So I had all, I have all these, like, I had bought all these testing strips and all these ovulation strips because I was doing the whole thing right during mm-hmm. this time, right? And um, so I take a test and I'm waiting and waiting and it's positive. <laughs> positive. Oh. And I could not help but just laugh so much at the fact <laughs> that it was positive. And Julian was like, are you serious? And I'm like, I don't think I can fake this. Like, how do you, how do you scam a positive test? And I was just so in like lost of words in that moment because I was like, oh my God, like, we didn't have to try anything. Like we didn't have to go to the extreme that I thought we had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I was finally pregnant when I stopped really caring yeah. or really focusing on it or really putting myself through that. Yeah. And I mean, to this day, I'm super blessed to be able to have this like yeah. have my baby like yes because it's it was a lot to go through I'm sure I mean that so that's my story <laughs> I can see like how your confidence shifted you know through that process oh gosh yeah through that process I mean I think that I mean you had to number one step back and be like hey yeah. you know my my mo you know like the way I always function isn't working in this situation because mm-hmm. like I, you said you can't control something I had like no that. no control and that was a hard a hard stop for me to realize like yeah this is out of my hands mm-hmm. and then once you gave it to the right you know mm-hmm. gave it to God and you gave it to you know your faith and you know you just really mm-hmm. kind of like I the way me on the outside looking in I think that you when you gave your marriage you know, what it mm-hmm. needed mm-hmm. because you were ready to walk out on it and yeah. you're like, wait a minute, no, I don't want to be without this person, yeah. you know, and I can only imagine what that would have, you know, looked like. So no, I mean, I'm very blessed to know y'all as a couple and, 
your little baby boy. He's awesome. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think it just, it's changed me in a different way. Mm-hmm. My confidence was completely, you know, crushed and gained back like in an instant. Yeah. Like, so I think that it was, it was a trying time for me mm-hmm. for sure, but I learned a lot about who I was. I learned a lot about, you know, what I needed to let go of mm-hmm. in those moments because I don't, I didn't have control of everything. And I think thinking back to it now and applying it to confidence, I think in a sense, letting go of the things that we can't control is a form of confidence as right. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we talk about all that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we have our failures, when we're trying to accomplish something mm-hmm. and we lose confidence because, well, we can't get it right and we right. give up. You know, yeah. could have easily given up, you know. I could have easily lost hope in, in the relationship with my father. I could have, you know, continued on that path of just like reckless relationships after that because, you know... We, of course, will talk more about that. That goes into a whole other mm-hmm. topic, but where it really affected how I handled, you know, relationships with right. men after that. So, you know, it, you have to learn now, like, looking back and knowing our stories, like, how to come back from that. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that's what we, we've, all, we've tried to share with our listeners this whole time is that, you know, yeah, we have setbacks. Yeah. Yeah, we have, you know, pretty shitty stuff that happens to mm-hmm. us. And we have some real crap to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, it, but you got to keep moving forward. Yes. And I think that that's like our main, you know, message here is that, you know, every phase of your life is going to affect your confidence. Every phase of your life is going to break you down. There's going to be something, but you just got to keep pushing forward. You know, just got to keep pushing forward and... You know, now we're here, you know, probably for this reason. Yes. You know, that we needed to share that about us because somebody out there is going to be going through something similar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now, you know, we hope that we've given you something that you can relate to. Yes. And I understand completely, like, everybody's pregnancy journey is so different. And I know in some cases that it, it's so hard to find the light and the dark mm-hmm. when you are in a place where you see nothing but darkness and it's it's in a point where you are the only one who has the power to move forward yeah and find that within yourself and try to pull yourself out of a place that mm-hmm. no one else may know what you're going through but you and the only way you can survive it is to to pull yourself out to yeah. find the, a way out of it. So I I mean I don't want anybody to feel bad about the situation they're in because you go through it for a reason, mm-hmm. and we may never know what those reasons are. But I think the fact that we just need to find a way to accept it and a way to move forward because. If you're stuck in a place like that, you will lose confidence in so many areas. And I, I experienced that. And I, it makes me sad to think that some people never find that. And yeah. they lose it. And 
Yeah, we're both very grateful to be able to carry our babies and carry them to term. And, yes. you know, everybody's journey is so different, so, so different. And, you know, there's all these experts, there's all these studies and everything, but it's really like, it's about you. So we hope that, you know, we've been able to just kind of shine some light into, you know, what what could happen. And our stories are super different, you know, totally different mm-hmm. um, spectrums of it all. But we all have our story. Yes. So um, if you feel like compelled to, you know, share with us, then please do. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always here for you guys. We say this, you know, time and time again. I mean, this is why we, we record our, our podcast is yes. to be able to hopefully inspire somebody, hopefully relate to somebody and hopefully like just let you know that you're not alone, right. that you're not alone. You know, I've always felt like I've been alone in my, my experiences. Like I'm the only one like me, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're not where everybody's right. there's going, there's somebody else also. And I hope that that's the message that we brought to you today. Yes. So with that, we are, again, thank you for listening to another episode of The Confidence Creators. And we look forward to sharing more with y'all real soon. And don't forget to stay positive and keep smiling. Don't forget, the fun continues on Instagram and Facebook. Search Confidence Creators. And if you absolutely love this episode, leave us a review.